So welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Keep It A Buck podcast. We never keep it corrupt. All we do is keep it a buck. As you know, my name is Desan Rhodes. And it's JG, Jared Gardenhire. And we're going to be coming at you with another episode. So JG, how are you doing today? Yeah, stop me. Yeah, stop me because I was definitely about to come with that. I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good also, man. Thank you for asking. Of course, of course. Yeah, man. So when I talk about my week, um, my week was good. Um, good week. I had, let's see, I had a good amount of appointments. I think I had about like 10 to 12 appointments, maybe like four or five of them showed. Um, but that's pretty good in this business when you're setting like how we do. Um, I closed about four of the, or who I saw was this one. Yeah, you call it. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, so I closed. Um, I closed the rest of my IULs that I started last week because I I did the one, and then I did the rest of his family on Monday. Before that, I think I closed someone. Honestly, I you know I can't really put a lot of. Yeah, but I mean, I, honestly, this week was kind of a learning week for me. Um, so I had met with a couple of people and I realized that in some of my appointments, I just need to shut up <laughs> um, and just kind of like let, you know, like not oversell some of these products that we have because we do have some products and I'm someone that gets very passionate when I'm talking about certain stuff, especially IULs and, and things of that nature. Um, I have a question. Do you feel like your economics degree at OU kind of um, sparks your interest in IULs and, like, you know what I mean, financial literacy and generational things like that? Bro, see, that's the thing, actually. Like, when I <laughs> like when I was at OU, I, I cared about economics, but my mindset was like, okay, I'm going to get an econ degree, and then I'm going to be doing, you know, something that has something to do with, like, coding or something that has something to do with like research and a lot of analysis. Cause that's what they taught us really in econ, like just, you know, how to, you know, um, sample things and like, you know, figuring out like, it's just, it's just a lot more that, I mean, we talked about the economy and everything and like inflation, like a lot of stuff that's going on, but we never like, you know, none of that translated to like making money and like financial literacy, like none of that. Like I never learned anything like that really. Um, or maybe I wasn't paying attention, <laughs> but nah, I feel like it's something I kind of just found on my own. And then it's funny cause a lot of the stuff, some of those things, like the technical stuff that we learned, what is the things that I'm kind of learning about now, just teaching myself. So, and you know, I'm seeing how it actually correlates with, with, with what's actually happening in the world right now. Um, I feel that. Yeah. But, um, but nah, my week was cool though, man. I mean, I'm, I mean, honestly, anytime you can get a sale is just a beautiful day. Mm -hmm. What about yourself? How was your week? Yeah, man. For me, you know, I've had a pretty, pretty, pretty decent week. Um, this week, I'm actually at fifty two hundred, so five thousand two hundred fifty one dollars in production. Um, you know, last episode we talked about the Rose Group and how we're trying to get to forty thousand dollars in production. I did the math. Right now, it's May twenty seventh. And we've got four more days in the month, and we're currently at $37,800 in production, man. So we're trying to get to 37 k so We're trying so to get that 40K, though, so man. Close. Trying to get that 40K. All we need is 2.2 thousand more. So and I think it's definitely doable, especially between, uh, you know, the writing agents that we have on the team. And, uh, yeah, so we're pretty close to that goal. But, um you said the writing agents we have on the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Between yeah. me and you, I think we can do it, man. <laughs> I was, was going to leave. I was going to leave that part out. <laughs> make, make it sound bigger. No, fair. Yeah. Yeah. But um, on a serious note, though, um, you know, a, a couple of days ago, I do want to give a shout out. Um this 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 woman actually actually changed my life, man. Um, it's my aunt Michelle. Um, she, bless her soul, man. She actually passed away a couple of days ago. Uh, 
prayers prayers up for you know for her and and, and you know her husband my uncle um the whole family but you know she passed away a couple of days ago and man when we, when we i just want to talk about the impact real quick just the impact that she had on my life man because um i don't know if i touched her on the first touched on it in the first episode but when i was actually going through my process and getting my license like i was actually like cdot ash group didn't even recruit me to get my license right um it was actually this other company i won't obviously won't name them who recruited me to get my license and we'll just say it like this they're um corrupt in some ways right so um my aunt actually the aunt who passed away out michelle she um actually knew like an insurance agent herself and reached out to him and she's she's always like if you know her man she's always looking out like she's looking out whether it be for me whether it be for the seat ass group in general like always hitting up chester and and sherry and whatnot but um yeah she actually reached out to an agent who she knew uh she was like yeah the sign's about to work for this company um what do you know about this company and then she was like or the agent told her he was like um yeah man stay away from there tell her he does not want to go there and then that's when she actually connected me with chester and then you know what i mean she just kind of changed my life man like i wouldn't have had this opportunity like the company that i was about to go to I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk mess, but I mean, it's kind of like a lot of people go in and out of that company. You know what I mean? So I like we have an agent on our team who actually started the company that I'm talking about, and you know what I mean now he doesn't write, and I feel like it might be in part of because of like his experience there, and I don't know if I would have had that same experience or what the case would have been, but I'm just very happy for her to have um, kind of reached out and you know been able to connect me with Chester and I just, I just want to say my piece and, you know, thank, thank you out Michelle. This episode is, this episode for me is dedicated to her. So mm-hmm. not and, for both of us is dedicated yeah, to her prayers up to Michelle, honestly, for sure. Yeah. See, I just want to touch on that. Yeah. But, um, in terms of man, other than, other than that, you know, this week has been pretty, pretty fair, mm-hmm. pretty well for me. Mm-hmm. Feel me? That's good. Can't complain about fifty two hundred dollars. Yeah, moving forward, bro. I definitely need to uh, <laughs> make sure I have my numbers with me for sure, because that's something I definitely want to touch on. Because I, I thought I had a, I think I pretty, I had a pretty good week as well. Yeah, bro, um, you're at like forty, forty two, because you wrote that IUL or something, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I did almost yeah, like, yeah, like forty two hundred, something, something like that. Like that yeah, because everything else was kind of smaller, but I mean. It's all adds up, guys. I guess one thing I wanted to ask was just kind of like, so do you feel like with what happened with your aunt, is that going to like drive you a little further to like move in a certain way? Because or at least really follow through with a lot of the things that she kind of wanted you to do. (laughs) Man, with this business, I know she had a lot of expectations for you. Mm -hmm. She definitely did, man. She was always looking out. I'll say so she passed. Um. Wednesday on the 25th, right? And, um, you know, we had this goal in mind for our agents, our agency to 40,000. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're so close to hitting that goal to where, like, man, when she passed, like, obviously, like, I'm devastated and everything. But, um, you know, when, when, when anyone passes, it's about kind of what they would want you to do, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they would they never want you to kind of soak soak over them or you know what i mean they want you they want you to keep keep doing what you're doing and she set me up to really um you know actually kind of for she set me up for me to, for me to strive in this position mm-hmm. and that's exactly what she want me to do man she want me to hit 40k um yeah. or our agency to hit 40k you know what i mean she she'd want that so i mean it's really just about for me you know grinding out this rest of the month um, you know, just keep, keep doing what I'm doing, stay focused. I mean, and then, you know, maybe in the beginning of June, I can, you know, take my time to a little bit, grieve a little bit, mm-hmm. but in the meantime, I want to keep going for sure. Yeah. That's like one of the, uh, that's one of the tougher things that you have to deal with in life is that everybody's here to leave. You said that earlier. And like, I mean, this is me and Desan's first time actually really having an in-depth conversation about this. Like we talked a little bit earlier, but this is our first time really talking about um, the whole situation. But everybody's going to leave. 
And, you know, it's crazy because, you know, in our job, we are insuring people for when that time comes. Um, and Michelle, she did have coverage for herself and everything like that mm -hmm. as well. So with them having coverage in place for themselves, it's not financials won't be some like their financials won't be an issue for them. Like they they have that taken care of so they can grieve properly without having to worry about, dang, like now I got to go pay this. I got to do this. I got to work, you know. <laughs> like that's a good reason to have insurance mm -hmm. and then me as an agent even when she um passed away because i wasn't her agent you know she got coverage before i was in the business so mm -hmm. thank goodness but you know i mean my first mind or my first mindset even went to like yo did she have coverage mm -hmm. like because i'm not her, i don't I, i'm not her agent but i mean you know and that that was just the, in the moment kind of thing then i kind of realized later like oh i actually had asked her so even for the insurance agents out there man <laughs> i know it sounds silly but make sure your family covered man um don't even be nervous about like i know um like i've talked about it sometimes with some people like um they'll say like they're nervous about a family member thinking like they're only going to reach out to them when they want something. But you know, I mean, this is something that, <laughs> I mean, I'll say it time and time again, man, we all need. And especially if you're an agent, man, make sure your family is covered like first and foremost. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I guess I never really thought about it like that either, but yeah, like you definitely, like it is kind of weird when you reach out to family. Cause it's like, at the same time, you like, for me, it's like, yeah, I am trying to make some money and whatever. But, like, at the same time, it is just do you have coverage? Because that's something that if you don't have the funds set aside, then it's going to come back and you're going to be like, oh, well, dang, I didn't have life insurance. Or, you know, it's 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 always an afterthought, but it's something to always keep in mind as well. Mm -hmm. um, and you're just doing the right thing. Don't ever think of it as I'm bothering this person. I'm talking to this person, blah, blah, blah. Like, nah. <clears throat> that's that that was like right there like you said it like real nonchalant but yeah. that was like real key for real you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah. you are doing the right thing mm -hmm. like we're doing the right thing when we when we door knock leads when we um <laughs> referral hunt like no yeah. matter what even like if i if i'm talking to you about life insurance i don't care i'm doing the right thing whether yeah. you get mad to me yeah. or not i just have to get paid for it <laughs> yeah <laughs> for real though like it's just yeah but it's an exchange of uh service man it really is mm -hmm. um but yeah so yeah i guess we could transition you know into the next topic for real mm -hmm. um you know this episode we're gonna touch on a little bit um, about generational wealth uh, i had a question for you jg what does generational wealth and you know because you're two stocks your core <laughs> <laughs> what does what does generational wealth mean to you man um so i do have the definition here but i'm gonna say like just my own definition off the top so like Gener when I think of generational wealth, I just think of passing on me like when, you know, when my generation from 96 to however old I live, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave behind a family and, you know, that family's going to have a family. And when that family's around and still moving and living, I want them to be able to inherit what I have built whether that's a business, whether that's stocks I'm accumulated and, and, and cash I've accumulated through that, or a life insurance policy that I paid into, I want to be able to leave a lump sum of money to my family that they can, you know, build on and leave to the next generation. Build on and leave to the next generation. That's what I think of when I think of generational wealth. What about yourself? I mean, I was like... <laughs> a, very, a very good definition. I don't know if I can probably even follow that up. But no, nah, for me, though, it really is kind of the same thing. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Um, really just, like, even when we talk about getting the IULs for, like, people's kids or anything, it's kind of just putting the right things in place so that they don't have to, they don't have to worry about finances, essentially. Mm -hmm. That's, that's kind of my definition, really. Yeah. So then, like, we also have... Um, Investopedia, this is where I'm getting this from. They say they refer to it as assets passed by one generation of a family to another. Assets can include stocks, bonds, real estate, and businesses. And I also have some numbers here. In the U.S. today, 10% 10 of the population holds 76% of the country's wealth, while the bottom 50% just holds 1%. <laughs> a major reason for that disparity is the transfer of wealth from one generation to the next. And, um, 
Yo. Yeah, that's nuts, isn't it? Hold on, hold on. Run that back. Run that back. Run that back. In the U.S. today, 10% of the population holds 76% of the country's wealth here in America. While the bottom 50% just holds 1% of the wealth. Of what? Yo. That's so, nuts. So, hold on. So, we're we going to put this on a graph, right? So, you got 100 90 to 100 percent. The top 90 to the wealthy people, top 90 to 100 percent, mm-hmm. they own 76 percent of the U.S.'s mm-hmm. bread, basically. Yes. And then you got zero to 50 percent. The bottom 50 percent. They own 76 percent. So then that means what is that? 50 to 90. That's like 24 percent. Mm-hmm. Yo, that's crazy. Yeah. So basically, Jeez. what that tells me is that there's a lot of people. <laughs> well. Actually, what I learned reading the article and whatnot is that a lot. the reason why there's such a big disparity is because the people that are building, the people who hold a mass, vast majority of the money in the U.S. are just passing on what they have to the next generation and just passing on to the next generation, teaching them, you know, all the skills that they need to. This is me. They're teaching all the skills that they need to to these kids and, you know, their their grandkids, whatever. And they're teaching them, okay, this is how you maintain this wealth. This is how you accumulate it. And this is, now you got to pass it on. Like, so what, I guess like, you know, when I look back to things that I want to, you know, talk about here is just how we can, you know, as some, somebody in the bottom 1%, you know, or uh, we're holding 1%, I want to teach you guys or show you guys at least some way to create generational wealth. For your own family. That's real. So that's kind of where that segues us to, you know, a next thing. What's something what's something that you think would be beneficial through life insurance that could create generational wealth for people? I mean, there's multiple things. I mean, honestly, just having a whole life policy. I mean, that could somewhat spark it, you know, but there are other ways to create generational wealth. And what's one way that you one way for me in terms of life insurance, mm-hmm. like annuities for sure. Annuities. Mm-hmm. And roll over that retirement income. Because actually, you got the graph, JG. We could, we're we going to show a graph or what is it? Oh, it's Wait, it's no, a no, table. That, it's that, a was, table. that was for IULs, though, not for annuities. All right. Well, IULs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I changed my about, answer. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about IULs. We'll talk about annuities, too, though. We can talk about annuities. Yeah, we can so, touch on that. I mean, it's almost like the same thing. I kind of compared that to an annuity because, I mean, annuity also protects their income. You know what I mean? It can never go down. It can only go up. You know, I have kind of tailored to that also. Also, I want to shout out um, The Retirement Miracle. It is a great book. But basically, as you can see on the table, um, on the left side, there's going to be your $100,000 balance and how it performs in or how it, how it could perform in a traditional like 401k 403b well at least from my pers- like from my annuity perspective 401k 403b um thrift savings plan whatever the case may be right um if you were to only have it in that 401k then that's how your money can potentially perform if the if the market kind of goes on the on a decline d- during some years right mm-hmm. and then when you talk about on the right side, the IUL returns almost the same, basically the, almost the same as an annuity. I th- I, I kind of I kind of consider them the same thing, except IUL is just monthly payments, whereas annuity is just like one lump sum, like rollover. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, on the right side, you see how it basically like protects your money, and even during those down years of the market where your 401k or 403b is going to lose money, how it just stays the same. Yeah. I think we should look at, um, we'll look here at uh, a, a 2008. It crashes. And this is what your money would have did. It would have lost 38%, 38.49%. And your money would have dipped from 119, 119,450 to $73,473. Um, and then it would have rebounded that next year to 23, it would have rebounded 23%. So here you see how your money has rebounded. It went back up to 90. But here, if you would have took an L in 2008, you would have just took 0% loss. 
So that's kind of the beautiful thing of IUO is that like you don't lose in those market downturns. And instead you just kind of, your money still sits where it is. But then when it rebounds that next year, it goes up 11.5%, which this is capped. So that means even though it was a 23% gain, you just, you're only able to get 11. But either way, like it still protects your money and your money can only go one way. And then also for the clients out there, man, that's why it's important for us to do our jobs right because we um, kind of understand the right questions to ask. You know what I'm saying? And as a client, sometimes you don't know the right questions to ask, and it's okay to seek help for that. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. um, what I'm saying that for is, for example, with 2008, right, um, and 2009, how it increases $17,000, like some financial advisors, whatever the case, whoever you're talking to, they're going to, or someone who tries to put you in something where it can lose money, they're going to be like, yeah, sure, you you got the declines this year, but you see it rebounded back. But if you look at the whole picture, you know what I'm saying? You're you're at less bread than what you even started with. You're down 10K. Mm-hmm. No, not 10K, you're down. So yeah. it's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it only makes sense to, it doesn't only make sense. You can do whatever you want. Um, We're not trying to, you know, tell you you need to do this or that, but we're just giving you options that are definitely um, nah, I, safe. Y'all need to do it. Get with yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no cap. But, um, I mean, yeah, the, the way I kind of see it, you know, IULs, annuities, um, a lot of people say like, oh, well, like this is an insurance company. Like, how are they able to do like life insurance company or whatever? Like, how are they able to do this with, um, you know, I mean, with my money too, like just life insurance, you know, where there's a death benefit attached to it. But, um, you know, the way that they're kind of able to do it is because, because they're an insurance company. You know what I mean? They insure lives. They can also insure your money, make mm-hmm. sure you can never lose it. But yeah, the same way they, they can insure your money too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's why I think it's, um, well, I know it's really important to protect your money because you don't want the, the, the down years of the economy. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You want to you you, you want to be safe. You want to be you want your money to feel protected the same way you want, you want your life to be protected. Yeah, and you know the market is very unpredictable, um, especially right now. Like it's it's down right now. It's a bear market, but you know one thing that can attribute to that is just the fact that like you really don't know what's going to happen. It, right now the the world is in disarray. I mean, if you really look, you know, take a really outside view and just look at like you know what's going on in Russia. What's going on with China and Taiwan? What's going on with just like the shootings in America? Um, it's a recession on the door, knocking at the door. It's like we're, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on. So it's like you want to be last thing you want is to not be financially, I guess, ready when, you know, things happen. And then another thing I had to say, like, also, since we're tying it to generational wealth, you know, even with these products, like I said earlier, there's a death benefit attached to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, when you pass away, that money's going to, or there's going to be a lump sum of money that goes down to your beneficiary. Exactly. So at the end of the day, it's definitely a good option. So the next thing we want to talk about is, I mean, I guess annuities kind of falls into the same category, but um, annuities, it's a great option for seniors, um, especially if they have a lump sum of money, like 10000 lying around. But also if they're at the end of their, they're getting ready to retire. Um, and they have money sitting in their 401ks, 403bs, TSP or 457. So it's like, those are all different retirement accounts. So what you want to do is make sure that you're rolling that over into your own individual account. So you're not subject to losses from just it sitting with the company that it's at. So, and that's where you'll see more of these S and P 500 really affecting your money, but you might not be checking it or up to date on it, but the sooner that you start paying attention to that and actually taking care of that, the better off you will be and your family will be in the long run. Um, Cause that's another way to just be able to pass cash that you've just been accumulating from work onto, you know, those that you love. Yeah. I'm actually going to roll over my dad's um, money from his retirement account into an annuity. Dad, if you're watching, we're waiting, but um, <laughs> we can't do it now. We couldn't move the money yet because mm-hmm. of, you know, you got to make sure everything Alliance, right? Make sure, you know, you're not losing any benefits, things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, he wasn't going to lose any benefits, but, you know, you just got to make sure the timing's right and everything. I forgot where I was going with that. 
<laughs> keep no, it a buck. Good. You're good. Keep it a buck. <laughs> I ain't gonna be corrupt. <laughs> <laughs> this boy, love that slogan. That slogan, man. I'm like, not a big fan. We it's early on though. We gonna let it sit. <laughs> hey, let us. Hey, y'all like that, man? Keep it a buck. Never be corrupt. Throw us, throw us, throw us, throw us some in the comments. Let if you us, like it, if you like it. Yeah, let us know because I, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> I think we could think a little harder. But <laughs> what? We can think of it. Figure something else out. Tripping, that's fire. All right, well, cool. If it, we ain't got nothing else, what we're going to do is actually transition. Uh, this is going to be someone else that you actually haven't met from the team. We're going to have Miss Renee Howard on the podcast. Uh, we're going to have her on the podcast, and what we're going to do is, you know, just give her a little introduction to herself. And then after that, you know, she's the Medicare specialist. So we're going to actually touch on that. Also, we're going to be digging deep into the silos this time, y'all. But, um, you know, we're going to touch on Renee and Medicare, and then we're going to wrap it up. All right. Bring her in. All right, guys. So now we're here with our lovely guest, Renee. (laughs) All right, Renee. Well, I mean, for us, she needs no introduction. But you know what? We're actually going to kick this off with an icebreaker, and we're going to talk a little more um, from there. So uh, as you know, like you're a Medicare specialist, but we want to talk more about, we want to dig a little deeper first. Um, What is one of your craziest experiences that you've had in the business? One of my craziest experiences. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Let me think about that. <laughs> just with Medicare or with just anything? Honestly, anything. anything. I mean, me and, we've talked. Me and no. you, have, I've had some conversations with you, and you've you've given me some like crazy experiences with the uh, in the business. So I've kind of like, I mean, I'm not saying tell those exact stories, but you got some. Uh, I know you got some heat. Oh God. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it would have to be, let me think. I had a I had a house. Actually, this is more recent. Mm. I had a home that the average person would never go into. Um it was roach infested. Mm. Um there was trash everywhere. Uh, I don't know if they were moving or I don't know what was going on, but it was trash everywhere in the house. Uh the husband was confined to a wheelchair. The wife and the husband were arguing the entire time. I thought they were going to start fighting. Then she threatened to get a gun. Yo. He threatened to get his gun. I thought, oh, my God. For each other? Yes. I said, I got to get out of here. But I was adamant that I was going to write them some health insurance because they both needed it. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, time out. Both of you get in your corners. I'm going to have to do this <laughs> one at a time. So I took care of the husband first. Mm-hmm. The wife went and made her some food. She sat down. She said, you're hungry, huh? Mm. He said, yeah, I'm very hungry. She said, you're not going to eat. So I said, oh, my God, they're going to argue again. So they start arguing again because she wouldn't feed them. So, again, I finished the husband. Then I said, okay, your turn. Took care of the wife. And then I left. But I was there three and a half hours. Oh. Long time. That is not the average time that we're in homes. <laughs> not the average time we're in homes, but... A lot of confusion. However, I just did not want to leave because I knew that they both needed our product and we mm-hmm. needed to help them. Mm-hmm. So, Renee, give us a little background about yourself. You know, how long have you been in the business? Uh, yeah. You know, where did you, well, not specifically where you started off, you okay. know, like where you bounced, like how you bounced around, you know, what the, what the case may whatever. Give okay. us, who are you? Yeah. Who am I in What's this in insurance industry? Well, I started back in 1996. Um, I started with... Um, HMOs and PPOs. I don't even think they called them Medicare Advantage plans or Medicare supplements back then. Mm -hmm. And I worked those products, loved it, loved the HMO, loved the PPO market, Um, did that for some time. Then I had, I got married, had children, decided I wanted to stay at home with the kids. So I did that for about mm, five or six years. And then I got back into the market, went and got my license, life and health. And then I started working for other insurance companies I'm doing the same, the health and the life market. Um, so I've been doing this, even though I took some time off, technically, since 1996. Okay, so. okay. It's my birth year. <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so you can be my son. <laughs> hey, Renee, um, touch on a little bit. How is, um, you know, because you've been you've been a couple different places and now you're here. Mm-hmm. Um, how is kind of this atmosphere, like, a little different from where you've been um, prior? Definitely more family oriented. Uh, we definitely are a family here. Um, you know, we 
we cry together, we share together, we hustle together, uh, we travel together, we eat together. Like, we do everything together here. <laughs> so it's definitely a family. If one person is going through something, we're all going through it. Mm-hmm. So um, we share, we communicate, we grow from one another, we draw strength from one another. So definitely more family-oriented than the companies I've worked in in the past. Yeah, when... um. My aunt had actually passed away. I, I talked about that earlier. Um, when she passed away, like, um, Chester sent someone to group me to talk, like, basically let everyone know that it happened. And then, you know, after that, it was just constant, you know, prayers and condolences mm-hmm. and everything. So when she talks about, you know, one person is going through something, you know, we're all going through something, you know, she really means that. I uh, just, mm-hmm. that's my experience in that. Absolutely. And, um. Uh, we do do everything together, like yes. eating barbecue in Missouri. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, having a wonderful time, but mm-hmm. yes, doing it together. And and that helps us all um, because that way, again, we, we grow strength from one another. And that way you don't ever have to feel like you're going through something by yourself. Mm-hmm. 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 I feel that. I feel that. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I also have another follow-up icebreaker as well. Okay. <laughs> um. So what is something you know now you wish you could tell your past self? Something I know now. Mm-hmm. Well, as it relates to insurance, I would definitely tell my past self to, like I t- talked to you gentlemen, mm-hmm. um, set you up a retirement plan or an I, I, IUL mm-hmm. and pour into it. Just like over, over fund it. Just put that money in there so that when you retire, you can draw from your own money. Um, just, you know, what you have taken your responsibility to put in there and draw from yourself. Um, years ago, of course, we didn't know this. And so when you know better, you do better. So in knowing that now, I definitely tell all young people that if you can see the vision for yourself or we can help mm-hmm. you see the vision, because a lot of times mm-hmm. young people say, um, oh, I don't need to put that aside. You know, I'll just wait till I retire. And I know you young people today are, you know, entrepreneurs and I, I can appreciate that. You know, we were always taught to just get a good job, work that job, and stay with it until you retire. Mm-hmm. Whereas you all, um, because you are entrepreneurs and you're, you're in business for yourself, I say put that money up and invest in yourself so that you can make your future, your latter years, better than your years right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that because, you know, what's funny is that we just, <laughs> before you came in, we were talking about generational wealth. Um, that's one of the things we want to touch on. And like our biggest point was talking about IULs and how that is, um, like our biggest, we think creating general generational wealth, one of the ways to do it would be have an IUL in place for yourself, the younger, the better. And it's cool that we didn't even tell her what the episode was about or what we were going to ask her or nothing. She wanted to know. We were like, nah, we're not telling you. And, <laughs> and now she comes on and talks about literally what we just tried to harp on. But you know, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's something that, um, we're all passionate about. Um, getting an IUL is definitely something. For that's everybody. that family thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you right could, here. so if you could read, redo your career, like you definitely get yourself an IUR earlier. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. After that, I just wrote my first my self IUL mm-hmm. um, recently. So mm-hmm. I'm yeah, I'm excited on, about that. I'm working on my children's now, so we all talking about that. So I'm really excited. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. So uh, one thing I want to ask about. Well, I just want you to tell this story because. Um, I feel like it was one of the dopest stories. I thought you'd talk about it for your craziest experience. But I know we were talking about how you were at a different company. Um, We don't have to talk about the name of it. We don't want to tarnish anyone's name. But you used to work at this company, and they would um, forge signatures. And how, you know what I'm talking about? I do. You know exactly what I'm talking Uh, about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. So (laughs) I want you to tell a little bit about that and just kind of touch on, like, I guess how there is a shady side to this business and how you've kind of been around that and how it's different from this environment, I guess, here. Absolutely. Um, I came into the office one day and um, some of the gentlemen were standing against the window and they were, you know, writing something. And I look over, I said, what are y'all doing? And they said, oh, we're just doing a little windowing. I said, excuse me? Windowing. They said, we're doing windowing. So, yeah, there we got a name for it. <laughs> so I was like, what is that? And they say, you know, when we miss a signature on an application, we just, you know, hold it up to the window and we basically forge the signature. I said, oh, my God. I said, no. Mm-mm. 
I said, you know what? I don't agree with that. I said, if you missed the signature, you should go back and get that signature. Mm -hmm. They said, oh, we don't have time to go back and do that. And I said, well, you know what? I thought, you know, this is very unethical. I said, you're forging people's signature um, mm -hmm. instead of doing it the right way. And I just, I didn't agree with that. So I, I pretty much stayed away from those agents. Mm -hmm. And I said, as long as, you know, we don't ever have any issues about my policies, I said, then we're good. I said, but you guys just do what you do. And um, it was a situation that I had talked to the branch manager about it, but he knew. Mm -hmm. He said, yeah, sometimes, you know, it just gets busy around here and they don't have time to go back to the customer. And I, I just thought, wow. So, yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of people who don't have full integrity in this business. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then I remember you also, um, I mean, it's just kind of because like life insurance, it is a hassle to go back out and get those signatures. But you got to do what you got to do, because um, at the end of the day, like you don't want to be. I mean, because there's so much more at stake than just that little money that you just made. It's it's your name, your reputation. Um, you could lose your license. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's like you don't want to be in that situation where. You get caught up and you get caught. Um, and, you know, me and Renee, she's she's being very honest about the situation. She's not trying to talk more about it, but I'm going to bring it more out of it to her. But there was another situation. Because <laughs> it's a good story. We're going to keep it a it's buck. A good story. We need to keep it a buck, a full buck here. Um, so there was another situation you were talking about and you were like, yo, like I was, you know, writing this. I can't remember what type of policy it was, but it was for your mother. And at that company, they didn't let, which is super weird. I never really heard of this because we're all able to do it. But they said that she wasn't allowed to write an annuity, even though she knew what she was doing. They had agents there that were qualified to write the annuity outside of herself. And so what that agent did was. That happened. <laughs> Oh, you I even know. All right, listen, listen. Yeah, we're going to let her okay. talk. <laughs> this was my mother-in-law. Mm -hmm. I had written an annuity. And so that particular agent, um, what he found is he was um, licensed in financial, um, he was a financial advisor. Mm -hmm. And so anytime the agents had to do an annuity, we had to have a financial advisor on the paperwork. So um, I didn't agree with how much he wanted to split because he wanted to do a 70-30 split. I said, no, not on my family. We're not doing that one. 70 him? 70 me, 30 oh. him. Oh. And I said, no, didn't want to do that. So he said, well, let's just do an 80-20. I told him I didn't want to do that either. <laughs> this is my family. I, I wanted the whole 100, 100 to keep it above. <laughs> right However, so. I said, okay, I'll agree with 90-10, but I'm not, doing, I'm not doing anything less. He said, well, then um, what if I don't do it? I said, then it won't get written. I said, because I'm not going any lower than that. So he agreed. Okay, we'll do the 90-10. So in writing the paperwork, he missed the signature. And so he comes in my office one day. And he's like, yeah, I need you to go back and get a signature. I said, I'm not going back and get a signature. He's like, well, it's your mother-in-law. I said, I'm not going back and get a signature. I said, because we did a 90-10 split. You did nothing for this annuity. Therefore, you're going to earn your 10%. Mm -hmm. So you go and do the signature. So he's like, okay, I'll take care of it. I didn't know what take care of it meant until the next day <laughs> when he said, um, so um, everything's taken care of. I turned in the paperwork. You know, we're going to get paid on annuity. We're good. And I said, okay. So I called my mother-in-law. I said, um, so what time, what time did this person come over? <laughs> Y'all didn't hear that name. <laughs> but I said, what time did they come over? And she said, they didn't come over. No one came over last night. I said, wait a minute. No one came over? She's like, no. I said, call you back. So I go in his office, and I said some choice words to him. And I said, now you told me you went over there and you turned in the paperwork. I said, now she clearly told me you did not go over there yesterday. And I said a couple, some more choice words. And I told him, don't you ever do that to me again, because mm -hmm. I am very ethical. I do not, this is not how I do business. And he had already turned in the paperwork and all that. So I said, yeah, we're done working business together. So mm -hmm. yeah, he windled that last signature because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. in his mind, he said, well, you know, we got all the other signatures. What's one more? Okay. I just missed one. I don't care. You should have went and got that signature. Mm -hmm. So yeah. That, that kind of, go ahead, go ahead. 
No, no. Oh, okay. I was going to say that kind of ties into like agents not even knowing what they're doing. Yeah. Like, was he new or like? Actually, no. Um, he was a very well established agent, uh, made very good money doing uh, annuities. He had actually worked for the New York Stock Exchange years ago. And so he knew what he was doing. However, it was just a matter of being lazy. And I don't want to drive out here and get this one more signature. So mm -hmm. it wasn't that he didn't know what he's doing. And a lot of times, you know, I know we like to protect people and say, oh, well, maybe they made a mistake or maybe they were confused. No, a lot of agents know exactly what they're doing. They're just mm -hmm. not ethical. They don't operate with integrity. And they're just like, mm, let me just do this real quick and turn it in and get paid. So, no, mm -hmm. that's what I love about the, us here. We're not like that. You know, we understand that, oh, God, we have to go get that one more signature, and we just do it. Mm -hmm. You know, we bounce in and out of this office all the time. Oh, I'll be back. <laughs> this one signature. Mm -hmm. I got to go pick up that check. I mean, whatever it is, you know, sometimes yeah. we get frustrated, but we do what we have to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Especially correspondences. <laughs> Amendments yes. getting signed. Oh, my yes. God. That has to be the most annoying Mutual Omaha, if you're listening, y'all got to change that. Y'all got to change that, y'all. But a lot of time, it's just uh, it's servicing your client is getting back in their face, too. Uh, mm -hmm. When you go back and, you know, you're smiling, hey, Mr. Jones, hey, Mrs. Jones, you know, you know, we missed the spot. Or, you know, hey, I didn't give you this paperwork or whatever. You're just solidifying that sale, too, and you're letting your customers know, I'm here for you. And mm -hmm. that is crucial. So I I'll do it. Yeah, we do. We have to do. She has a positive mindset. I'm so happy that we brought her on because I, I, I don't think like that, but that's a good way to think of it. <laughs> that's, mm -hmm. that's the good part about bringing these guests on, too, is that we everyone sees a different perspective. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I was kind of thinking in, even in terms of like slid and fighting like that deal with the client. Like then the client also sees that you're about your business. You know, what I mean, he sees mm -hmm. that you. You know, I mean, you recognize something's up with their policy. You're going to come up and you're going to get it handled. So they, they know they're going to have coverage when they're working with you. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I've had customers that, that say that. They're like, oh, you came on out. I'm like, yeah, because we don't do everything on the phone. I came out to write your policy. Let me come out and fix anything we need to fix so that you can know, okay, I can trust my agent. I've had clients who say, hey, I haven't seen my agent in two years or three years. We don't operate that way. We want mm -hmm. to be in your face. We want you to see us. That way, if you have a, a future need or if you, you may know someone who has a need, um, you're, you're liable to refer us. Mm -hmm. um, but if, if you haven't seen your agent in three years, yeah, you probably wouldn't even think of our names to refer. Mm -hmm. so. That's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say something. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah, Renee. So, like, um, I just want to dig a little bit deeper, and then we're going to move into actual Medicare stuff. Okay. But I just know that, like, you also went through another experience where you had, oh, man, it's crazy. You, JG airing it out today. I love to air things out like this because it's, it's interesting to me because I only get to see one side of the business. It's the only agency I've been to. <laughs> this is the only side of the business I've seen. So I've seen like a positive, I've seen people getting positive results. I've seen people doing, you know, positive things in a short amount of time. But then I get to hear about, you know, other companies that are not so ethical and have these other, you know, ways of doing things and dealing with people. And I'm like, okay, like, I'm glad I'm where I'm at. But so Renee, I want to talk about the other situation where, you know, this company where they're windowing and all these other things, like, that stuff comes back to haunt you. Like, honestly, like, I, I mean, honestly, anything that's done in the dark comes to the light at some point. So how did those things come to light for them? Oh, <laughs> well, long story short, all those, um, the agency, the people were terminated. <laughs> Long story I, short. I'm trying to put it in a nice way. Um, but, yeah, it was because usually when it's one thing like when doing that is a big thing, it's other little things that's behind the scenes that was going on, and those other little things came out. I mean, that one of the uh, agents would go out, get leads from the company, and put their names on the leads and then hand them to other agents and I happened to be one of the agents that they would put the names on and hand to me. And they would just say, hey, I've been calling this person for months. Can you go and finalize this deal? And then when you finalize it, you know, we'll do a split because I've been calling this customer for months. 
So I'd be like, okay, you know, because they would always teach us 50% of something is better than 100% of nothing, which of course makes sense. Okay, 50% of something is better than 100% of getting nothing. So I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. Okay. So we would go out and we would close the, the business. And of course, you get 50% of it. And then you would, um, well, I don't know what the other agents would do, but I would ask the, the customers, so how was such and such when they called you? And, you know, how long have they been trying to get in touch with you to write this policy? And they're like, I ain't talking to anybody else. You're the first agent. And we start, I start putting stuff together. And then I reached out to some of the other uh, female agents in the company. And I'm like, did he give you some leads? They're like, yeah, he said that he'd been working on them. I'm like, oh, what, what about you? So it was like about seven or eight of us ladies that got together to realize that this gentleman was never calling any of these clients. He was just putting his names on the leads, giving it to us. We go in the neighborhoods that he did not want to go into, um, just the areas that he felt was unsafe, and he would give it to all of the African-American females, so let's just be real, mm -hmm. and we would go and close the, the business, and he would get 50% of it. Crazy. Yeah, so all of those um, managers end up getting terminated. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it caught up. Yeah, I was going to say, like, um, when Renee was first telling me this, I was like, man, like, <laughs> that stuff probably still go on now. <laughs> yeah. Like, because oh, that's something that, like, you really can't. I mean, I don't know how the, I think you said the FBI was at y'all. Yeah, agency. we are, we got investigated. And um, I just, you know, when the investigation happened, I wasn't. <laughs> really around because um, I had a daughter who was uh, sick and she was diagnosed with cancer and she's a survivor. Um, so I was at the hospital all the time during the time of the investigation. But I, I got repeated calls and they're like, they're investigating our office. I'm like, well, I don't have no worries about that. I do everything right. So mm -hmm. I don't care. And I'm not there anyway. You know, I've been gone for months. Mm -hmm. They're like, yeah, but if they call you, just, you know, watch what you say. I'm like, there's nothing to watch. Mm -hmm. If they ask me a question, I'm going to answer the question. So in the investigation, they found out a lot. And that was one of the things I found out from the investigation, that I was one of the agents that um, they had a large amount of leads that had my name on it. And so they had contacted some of those clients. Mm -hmm. And so the clients vouched just like I did. I was, when I would ask the clients, you know, I mean, the agents, I mean, I'm sorry, when I would ask the clients, so have you spoke to this person? They would say no. Well, when they did the main investigation, they called those same clients and said, mm. hey, we heard that you dealt with Renee and this other person. They're like, there was no uh, uh, no other person. I mm -hmm. only spoke to Renee the entire time I wrote this policy with mm -hmm. her. And that's how they realized, okay, there's something more going on here. Mm -hmm. so. so how did you <laughs> You got something to say? Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I was just going to say, like, so, like, did you, like, so, like, you were worried. How long did you work th at that company? Five and a half years. Five and a half years. And yeah. so that was going on for five and a half years. You saw that pretty much. No, because they they were <clears throat> let go maybe my last year and a half. Okay. So I saw it for about three and a half years. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. So I just didn't know it was to that level. Because, mm -hmm. again, when you do things right, you just come to the office, you get your paperwork, you may use the uh, computers and do some training, CE trainings, continual education trainings, do all that stuff at the office. And then you leave because you got clients to take care of. So mm -hmm. if there's other people in the office doing things and, you know, dotting I's and crossing T's to, you know, mess up, so to speak. You don't know that. Mm -hmm. You know, same thing here. If you guys came here and you mm -hmm. did your work and then okay. you left to go take care of your clients, whatever's going on while you're gone, you don't realize it. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know it was to that level. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yo, I just want to say this is my first time hearing of that story. Yes. <laughs> that is crazy. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is crazy. I just could not imagine, like, I would, I would just feel so bamboozled. <laughs> yeah. <'Cause>, <laughs> I mean, you're right. What else do you feel? You're I like, mean, yo, what are y'all doing here? Yeah. That's just so messed up. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm glad, like, because <laughs> I also talked about how I was about to go to the corrupt company and uh, my aunt saved me from doing that. But that's why I'm glad, like, um, you know, what I mean, I've actually like that she was able to convert me over here or not even convert me over here, but kind of just let me know about this opportunity because I feel like it's a damn good one for my first experience. You yes. know what I'm saying? A this lot is of an amazing opportunity for you all. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I worked with Chester years ago. 
and he's always brings that family um, camaraderie. Mm-hmm. And so it, this is a good company to start with or even to finish with. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. to have had the experience that I had before and to come here is, is way different. And so I don't have that feeling that, oh, God, who's going to mess me over next or who's not going to be doing things right. Um, Again, if someone is doing that, we don't know it Mm -hmm. because that's just not how we're taught here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's like um, a lot of people, at least in my experience, like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes um, they can start off at another company and then that'll like kind of. That's why kudos to you for even fighting through that adversity and even having faith in yourself and in like, you know, the agency to actually, you know, stick with it. Because a lot of people like things like that will happen to them and then they'll just be like, oh, no, nah, like this industry is crooked, crooked. Like right. when not every agency is like that. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Plus, I love the products. They had wonderful products. And um, that's what got me. You know, really into the, I mean, even though I started in 1996 with another company, um, the last company that you're referring to, they mm-hmm. had wonderful products for customers. And so I believed in those products and still today, mm-hmm. if, you know, if I meet up with a customer and they have one of those products, I tell them, keep it, keep it. That's an amazing product. Don't ever get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the, the things that helped me to stay um, because of what the products were really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. But we have phenomenal products here. So I love the Medicare market here. Mm-hmm. We are very competitive. <laughs> so in terms of the Medicare market, um, we'll just touch on it a little bit and then we'll have you on it. Never, another episode where we can okay. really dig deep, deep. You deep. feel me? But, um, <laughs> you know, just kind of give us, you know, your your stamp or your expertise. You know, what exactly is Medicare? You know, we got to. Well, we've got a few viewers out there, but, you know, people are going to range in their age of, you know, I'm 24 years old. I wouldn't know what Medicare is if I wasn't in this field. So, you know, first off, like what is Medicare? Okay, Medicare is a program that um, you have to have uh, part A and B to receive Medicare. A is being your hospitalization, B being medical. Um, And there's three ways to get Medicare ultimately be 65 and older, um, have end stage renal disease, so kidney failure or you're um, under 65 with a disability. So if you have one of those three ways is how you get Medicare. And it's just, you know it helps you with your, your health insurance. So, so you said opinion. everyone gets parts A and B, right? No. When they, she's like, she kind of just threw me for a loop there. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Wait, what do, you, what do you mean? No, like. <laughs> When they when they're first eligible, right? Don't they they have to get A and B, right? Or what's your well, point? when you're eligible for Medicare at age sixty five, see, I'm new. She's she's experienced. If you have worked forty quarters, so you have to have worked ten years and paid into Medicare, then you automatically get the Part A. That's your hospitalization, and then Part B, you actually pay for Part B of Medicare on a monthly basis. So yeah. as long as you worked for at least ten years or 40 quarters, then yes, you automatically get Medicare Part A. If you have not, then you can pay for Medicare Part A. Anything Medicare, y'all know who we come to. (laughs) So do people really need, because there's not just A and B, right? There's also C, D. Is there F? No. Medicare, you have the Part A, which is hospitalization. You have Part B, that's your medical. Then the Part C would be your uh, Advantage plan. So um, you could either have Medicare only, you could have um, an Advantage plan where you have your Medicare and then you get a, another carrier that's going to help to coordinate your benefits, or you could have a Medicare supplement. So Part C, again, is the Medicare Advantage plans. And then your Part D is your prescription drugs. So you need those prescription drugs. Uh, Whether you take prescription or not, we recommend that you get a Part D plan because you may not take prescriptions today does not mean you won't be diagnosed with something or, you know, have high blood pressure or whatever and need it down in the future. So we definitely recommend having Part D as well. And then Part C sometimes incorporates Part D into that also, right? Correct. Correct. You can have a Medicare Advantage plan that is either a standalone Medicare Advantage plan, which just your health, or you can have one that incorporates the Part D, which is the prescription drugs. Okay, okay. So we kind of tapped into it in terms of like the client perspective, right? Mm-hmm. From an agent perspective, why would an agent actually decide to get into Medicare? To help your clients to make sure that we can provide them 
good health care um, and and be able to assist them in answering those questions. Uh, every time we meet a customer, they don't necessarily need an advantage plan. Sometimes we meet people and they need a supplement uh, would be a better fit for them. Other times we meet people and their retirement plans are the best plans for them. So they don't need a Medicare Advantage plan or a supplement. They just need to stick with their retirement plans. So it's definitely crucial for us as agents to learn all these different products, uh, learn which carriers work best for customers, and then um, learn the retirement plans. Now, I'm not saying as an agent, you have to know everyone's retirement plan because we understand that that's not the case. Um, but like, let's, for example, let's say a teacher was retiring. They say, oh, well, I have PERS. There's a lot of plans out there that we cannot um, do better than. And then that's when us as agents tell people, hey, keep what you have. You have a great plan, keep it. So our job is to make sure we understand these plans so we can provide the proper information to do the best things for our clients. Now, Renee, that was a very noble answer of you. Okay. However, <laughs> we want to talk about the bucks. <laughs> I was saying the exact same thing. I was like, I love that she, she wants to like help the client. But like, I was thinking in my head, like the reason why I was about to like get my license for health is because I, I just, she talked to, she broke down the money and I was like, yo, I need that for the long term. But you know, because we, we're gonna so, so the way I, the way I see it, right. Um, you know, you got life and you got health, right? Mm -hmm. For life, you know, we get advanced advanced payments on those, which mm -hmm. is just keeping the buck. We get advanced payments on those, right? Mm -hmm. But in terms of Medicare, it's different because you don't, when you, you know, annual enrollment period, period is October through December, right? You work October through December on Medicare. Um, you don't get paid while you're writing that business. Correct. You get paid uh, like a lump sum in January, if I'm not mistaken, right? Correct. So, um you know, kind of just touch on that and like, you know, like the residual component. So you, renewals. Yeah, you want the breakdown of the money part. Uh, the break, we gonna keep it a buck over here. You feel me? Keep it a buck. Okay, I think I told J JG yeah. this maybe a week or two ago. Mm -hmm. uh, when it relates to um, life versus health, life is the sprint. So yeah, you go write a policy and boom, 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 you get that money within what, a day or two. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the same day, depending on what time you turn in that business. However, I always said that health insurance is the marathon. So if you're up for the marathon, then yes, it's very good money in the health insurance market um, as it relates to helping the seniors. So as Dasan said, so we have open enrollment period from October 15th through December 7th. So all of the business you write in that those you know, seven week period, you'll get paid that in January. Now, throughout the year, you're going to continue to write business as you meet clients um, in the first part of the year from January through uh, March 31st. That's an open enrollment period. So during that open enrollment period, someone may say, hey, I don't like the plan I was put on. I want to change plans. OK, so they have from January 1st through March 31st to change the plans. So while they're doing those changes, you can make money as well. And then throughout the year, people are constantly turning 65 daily. We have thousands of of baby boomers turning 65 every day, every day. So we have all those people that we can help to put on an Advantage plan or, again, Medicare supplement. Um, in doing that, um, that's, again, you're making money. And so at that time, you'll make a certain portion of that that goes towards your marathon money. So, again, Sprint is the life insurance, in my opinion, just my opinion, and then the health is the marathon because you don't have to just write during that seven-week open enrollment period. You can be writing all year round, but during that seven-week period, you'll get paid in January. A lot of people write a lot of business during those seven weeks so that they can start the year off with a nice check. Mm -hmm. And then that check will take them out through the throughout the year <coughs> to be able to service their their business and be able to help other clients. Again, thousands of baby boomers turning sixty five daily. Mm -hmm. And that was also also um, wanted to touch on something that you said earlier, like when you because especially us as agents, we don't have to just only do life or we don't have to only do Medicare. But when you talk about um, someone who has both, you know, that kind of just diversifies one, your portfolio. And then also, even when you're uh, writing business for Medicare and in those late months, you know, they might need some coverage also. You know what I mean? They might need a final expense plan. You can write those final expense plans while you're, um, you know, going through Medicare also. 
Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, these are people that they're going to trust you. They know what you do. Um, they know you don't only do Medicare if you tell them. And then, you know what I mean? They'll even might sometimes even refer you to other people and whatnot. So. Absolutely. And there's also um, like hospital indemnity plans. There are some phenomenal products out here uh, that can help people. Um, it helps with covering those gaps that a lot of these um, Medicare Advantage plans don't cover. So if you have to go to the hospital, there are a certain amount of days that you're just not covered under your plan and you're going to have out of pocket. So if you take on a hospital indemnity plan, that will cover those days. Um, we also have cancer plans. Um, I don't know if the gentleman talked about this because, again, we didn't talk about what we were going to talk about. Mm -hmm. But uh, <laughs> one in every two gentlemen are diagnosed with cancer and one in every three women. So with the cancer plans, uh, imagine if you should have to go through cancer, having a company give you a lump sum check uh, to be able to help you with that. And that's huge. I tell people uh, all the time, cancer don't care if you're black, white, male, female, younger or old, just does not care. And I went through that with my daughter when she was age 12. Um, and again, she's a survivor, so I'm so grateful for that. Uh, but there's so many people that have a family history. So we tell people, if you know you have a family history, we can help you with that. It's nothing better than to have a lump sum of money if you should have to experience that. But again, we have multiple products that can help clients. Facts. Facts. I love listening to her speak about this stuff, man. You can tell she's passionate. I love it. Um, and then on top of that, I like the fact that, um, man, there's so many people here that are so diversified in different products that they love, man. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I'm not in any way, shape, or form very uh, knowledgeable about Medicare, but I pick up certain things every time I listen to them uh, speak about it. And... I learned a lot from this pod. What about you guys? Or what about you, son? I learned a little bit. I mean, I no, I did learn something. Yes. What, what was what was it? Um, that everybody, I thought everyone gets part A and B. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> no, not automatic. I could have sworn and I was I was right on that one. Well, That's all right. We're, we're still working with the sign. <laughs> That's facts. But yeah, again, we help each other because as long yeah. as I've been in this industry, I still learn from these gentlemen. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I love the younger the younger market as well. Um, when I first got into this industry, I only worked with the older people because I was like, oh, okay, I got to work with people who are 65 and older. Okay, no problems. But then as I started meeting people who had a disability, you know, I would go into the homes and I would say, oh, okay, you don't have Medicare because I was the assumption you had to only be 65 and then I realized they say oh yes I do I have it because they were on a disability mm -hmm. and then that's when it's like okay when I'm reaching this younger market I need to you know help this person with the Medicare however that's when I also had to pivot and ask them do you have life insurance and they would say no and see at the time I was only licensed to do Medicare so I, I definitely get the diversifying and mm -hmm. getting our licenses and, you know, not just one product, but multiple products. But again, we help each other. So if mm -hmm. there's times where maybe JG can't write something, he'll be like, hey, Renee, or hey, Desan, here's a client that really needs your help. And then mm -hmm. we help each other. Absolutely. Iron sharpened. Iron sharpens iron. Yes, it does. And then also uh, another thing I want to talk about. I mean, I've, I feel like me and you have like had a lot of powwows and we talk mm -hmm. in the office and stuff. Um, and another story or another situation happened with you in Medicare. And, you know, I don't want this to happen to you again. And I don't want this to happen to myself. I don't want this to happen to Desan. Nobody else is doing Medicare because this, this can happen. Um, a company that you were with, you were vested. You weren't vested when you left. Um, so all those years that you've been working on Medicare, as you can tell, she's very knowledgeable and has probably made really great sales, probably has a lot of clients that love her and whatnot. Um, but she's not able to, um, well, just speak on, speak on what that, what that is. You're not vested in whatnot, like how that, how that is affecting, not really affecting you, but like how that is, uh, messed with your money. Well, it's messed with the money as far as the residual income. So that yearly money that comes automatic when your client has, uh, was put on a plan and they stuck with that plan, I'm not entitled to that because you had to be with that company for seven years before you're vested. Wow. So when you leave it year five and a half, you're not vested. Um, now, what it what it did for me, because, again, JG always says I'm always looking for the positive in, in any situation. Um, the positive is those are my clients. They're my clients. I have taken the time to um, not only go and visit them and write them a plan, 
but I keep in touch with my clients. Um, I've been invited to many retirement parties. I've gone to birthday parties. I've gone to funerals, you know, when clients call and say, hey, Renee, such and such, you know, my, my husband died. I need you there. I show up. So um, I've been to birthday parties. I've been to grandchildren being born and great grandchildren. So that's something that a company can't take away from you. So as agents, we have to see the bigger picture. I mean, yeah, we want the money. Let's be real. Let's keep it a buck. Mm-hmm. We want the money. However, no one can change the relationships. So the fact that, no, I didn't keep the vesting portion of it, I still have clients from those companies that call me and say, hey, grandbaby needs insurance. Adelaide called me just the other day and said, you know what, it's time to renew my husband's policy. And, of course, I wouldn't have known that because I, I can't get that information from the company when I left the company. However, the clients are calling me. So I wrote her husband another policy. So that's the good part um, of the business, building those relationships. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. That's actually what I was going to say. Just like those relationships are priceless. You really can't put a penny on it. Um, when you meet people and they come in, they're nice. Um, or even if they have this shell open and then or a shell up and, and then you kind of break it down, just talking to them, asking them about how they're doing, what's going on with them. Um, and then creating some type of atmosphere where they feel comfortable with you is honestly a beautiful thing. Um, they can't, you can't, you know, you can't really replace that. Um, you know, we're definitely in this for profit, but we're also in it to make sure that people are in a position to, you know, live their life and not be taken aback when, you know, tragedies happen and whatnot. So it's good to be honestly, like as an agent that goes out, speaks to people and is actually in the community. I feel like I am a part of their family in some type of way. Cause mm-hmm. I got to follow up if they mess up or I got to follow up and make sure that policy is getting paid. So, um, yeah, that's good that you talk about it like that. Um, that's the positive part that we don't talk about. Cause it's like, at the end of the day, we want to feel like we're making the bread, you know, <laughs> but, yeah. but at the end of the day, we are creating relationships as well. Yeah. I um, think, um, you guys basically concluded it very greatly with your statements. Watts gave us the time. He said, <laughs> 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 nah, we see you, we see you. Um, go ahead, go ahead, wrap it up for us, JG. Hey, man, that was a great pod. It was great having you on, Renee. Thank you, um, everybody else, yo, like, you know, um, follow us at Twitch. That's where we'll be streaming June 3rd. That's when we're launching at Keep It A Buck underscore podcast. Um, you can also, I mean, you're probably seeing it on YouTube, but if you're seeing it somewhere else, Keep It A Buck podcast, YouTube. Um, and Instagram, follow us on Instagram. Try to, we try to keep you guys up to date. Um, let us know if you want us to post something else, but keep podcast. And then for any business, business inquiries, email the keep it a buck pot pod at gmail.com. That's a wrap. And business inquiries can mean anything, man. If you want to join the team, you know, we're hiring. Um, if you want to, if you're interested and you want more knowledge on coverage, you know, we can, we can actually speak with you, you know what I mean? So business inquiries, inquiries can mean those things also. Then also, I want to also add, um, in the YouTube, man, just let us know anything that you liked, anything that you didn't like, anything that you, you know, would like to see moving forward. You know, it will help us also. So Drop a fire emoji if you made it to the end. It's lit. It's lit. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap, y'all. All right.